From the 809 Restaurant and Lounge in the heart of Inwood, New York City, welcome to Inwood Artworks On Air, where we meet the musicians, filmmakers, writers, theater makers, and artists of all stripes who make their home in what we affectionately call Upstate Manhattan. I'm your host, Aaron Sims, and today we are turning our spotlight on filmmaker and native New Yorker, Lisa Dapolito. Lisa's 2018 documentary, Love Gilda, about Saturday Night Live founding cast member Gilda Radner, opened the 2018 Tribeca Film Festival and went on to be nominated for two Emmys. It also opened the 2019 Inwood Film Festival, I'm proud to note. Love Gilda was Lisa's professional directorial debut, even though she did many things in the past. But it followed a long career as an actor and as an executive producer for media for FCB Healthcare. Lisa is currently at work on a number of projects, including Albert's Puniverse, a portrait of maverick independent filmmaker Albert Pune as he works to complete his final film. We're going to talk about that and so much more. But first, Lisa, let me welcome you to Inwood Artworks On Air. Hey, Aaron. Thank you so much for inviting me. I really think what you're doing is amazing. Thanks. I really do appreciate that. And the feeling is quite mutual. So let me ask you, how are you and, and how are you doing right now? You know, mostly great. But some days are not good days. It just, you know, you never know what a day will bring, especially now. But I've been pretty busy since the lockdown or whatever you want to call it. So that's good. And Inwood is a good place to kind of be inside, you know, if you're not out in the woods. But it is has been a good place to concentrate. It's a great place. I feel it's very restorative right now, being in Inwood in northern Manhattan with the parks and the way it's spaced out. You don't feel like you're on top of someone else. Uh, I think it's been quite good for mental health right now. I've seen you walking out and about sometimes and, uh, and waving from our social distance, <laughs> our, our tracks that we're yeah. on moving through. And it's like Macy's like, Christmas, like, Railroad car windows. Hi, how you doing? Good to see you. See you next time. It around. But it's also very encouraging to see you out there and seeing your wheels turning and hearing about your projects. First off, tell us about Gilda Radner and how you came to create Love Gilda. And I understand it has to do with your luck for Gilda's Club, right? Yeah, I've been working with Gilda's Club, volunteering for about, I think it's nine years now. And Gilda's Club is on Houston Street, except now it's virtual for now. It's a place for people and their families who are going through cancer. And it was founded by Jean Wilder in honor of Gilda, who had her own ovarian cancer. And her wish was for people to have a place that they can go to together, people who are going through the same situation. So I was doing the fundraising videos. And over a period of time, when I, I would interview the members probably twice a year, and we'd do like eight interviews, about three or four of the eight members would talk about Gilda and how they had an association with Gilda because she wrote a book about her cancer journey. So people were very connected to her. And the sense of always finding humor, even in the darkest of times, it was Gilda's message. And I think it resonated. And I thought, wow, she would be a great person to do a film about. It wasn't meant to be a film. I kind of fell into it. But it was very rewarding to spend time with Gilda and watch her amazing performances. Now I'm depressed, I gained weight, my face broke out, I'm nauseous, I'm constipated, my feet swelled, my gums are bleeding, my sinuses are clogged, I got heartburn, I'm cranky, and I have gas. What should I do? Mr. Fader, you sound like a real attractive guy. You belong in New Jersey. 
smoke. Because once I, Rosanna, Rosanna, Dana, quit smoking. And to get back in shape, I had to join one of those fancy schmancy health clubs. You know the ones where it's real expensive to join, but it's worth it because you get to see a lot of people that you don't know naked. <laughs> like some people got those bulgy, bulgy thighs. The ones that get chafed just because they're always scraping against each other. And there's other people there that got these funny belly buttons, like some go in and some go out, or it's like a bowl, or it curls around, or it's like a little knob on it, like a door. Some of them got a little piece of their sweater still, in it. Some of them look like a little star or a shell or a clam or something you don't know what they are. You've offered such a gift to people. I've seen it firsthand at the Inwood Film Festival. Everyone can connect with her message and her life. It's been about two years since it premiered, and gosh, what a two years they've been for you. I'm curious now, if you've been thinking about Gilda at all, who, of course, faced her own challenges as an artist, and as you're navigating your world as an artist right now being so busy, has it informed your world right now? In a different sort of way. Because I was very lucky that Gilda's brother gave me access to so many of her archives. And in those archives is a screenplay she wrote, journals of hers. So in some ways, it doesn't inform me, but I feel like I should be doing something with this. And I kind of needed a little break from Gilda to think about what can be done with her materials, because she left behind amazing stuff. Yeah, that screenplay, for instance, not to mention other writings and journals she's had. I guess you've had more time to have the words marinate within you a little longer, right? Yeah, it's funny that you bring it up because yesterday I was going through my iPhoto library and for some reason I have 100 photos of each photo I have. I don't know what happened. <laughs> but but wow. I was going through all of Gilda's photos, which I have thousands of, and I was narrowing them down and I was thinking, wow, there's all these photos that people have never seen of her. But that's kind of something I need to pick up. Well. You've had to move on and refresh yourself, as most artists do, and you have new interests. And one is your current project. I'm especially interested in you talking about Albert Puniverse, which is a portrait of filmmaker Albert Pune. Can you tell us a little bit about him and about what led you to his story? Albert was, and still is, a cult figure. And he did a lot of post-apocalyptic films with really big stars like Jean-Claude Van Damme. He made 55 movies in his career. He's a prolific filmmaker and kind of like the modern Ed Wood, the Ed Wood of the 80s and 90s. And even though his films on Rotten Tomatoes ratings are zero to 40. <laughs> but you know what? He's consistent. He's consistent. But he has a fan base around the world, and there's a lot of filmmakers who have been very inspired by him and feel that he was ahead of his time in what he was doing because he didn't have the computers and the special effects of those times. Welcome to the world of the not-too-distant future. A brutal gang is reshaping the world into their own vision of hell. And only one man can stop them. Jean-Claude Van Damme is leading the battle between good and evil. He's on a desperate mission to rescue a cyborg who holds the secret for saving the world. Why did you help me? I don't want to see you die. Jean-Claude Van Damme has become the first hero of the 21st century. 
I've talked about it in the past, because he's been so true to his way, he has a certain admiration for so many people who are filmmakers and also those actors who's worked with him in the past who've been very generous with wanting to be a part of his new projects. Well, I think Albert is a filmmaker's filmmaker. There's nothing in his life more important than movies. And he loves filmmakers, he loves actors, he loves the art of making film, and he just kept going no matter what always finding funding, always finding projects, never letting people say no. So there's something about him, and, he, and he's helped a lot of people in his life, too. You're a filmmaker. He's a filmmaker. Have you gleaned anything from Pune's approach or process or his attitude as a filmmaker that has influenced you now and how you think about making movies? I think more the you just have to keep going. You have to like not let anything get in your way. What it's opened my eyes to is maybe looking at different genres of films that I never would have looked at before because I've never been into sci-fi or those post-apocalyptic films. And when I watch his films now, I see this sense of humor in them. So it's opened my eyes in terms of making films, but Albert has the same disposition of many great directors that I've met. They're just really wonderful people and they want to hear your story. They're interested in you. And that's what I always find when I meet the best directors to me are the ones who are want to know about you and are interested in other people and their lives. And, you know, we didn't talk about it, but Albert has a terminal illness. So he's dealing with a vascular dementia. So his cognitive time is going less and less every day. And it's harder for him to work on things. But he's such an artist in the sense that he's finding inspiration in all this. He has these delusions and these hallucinations, and they're all about making movies. And so he's actually using that in the movies that he's working on now. So it's just a true maverick filmmaker. That's got to be inspirational. Yeah. The way out is through, right? Just keep going. And so where are you in the process right now with that film? So that film, it's been hard to raise money for that film, I have to say. So it's Semi in post-production, there's an editor who's working on it on his downtime, but it hasn't really got the funding that I was expecting because I really thought like, oh my God, this is such a great story. Albert's such a great story, but it's been a kind of hard sell. Which is probably normal right now in the arts. Funding's been cut universally across the board. You have another project right now about beloved children's entertainer Sherry Lewis and her creation Lamb Chop. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, that one is getting a lot of support behind it. And I was just in Los Angeles and Las Vegas shooting the sizzle reel for it, which is shooting in COVID is another whole different situation with precautions and taking tests and everyone being very careful in interviewing people like you're doing now with a mask on, which is a little difficult in some sense because you can't see the expressions of people. And But Sherry Lewis and Lamb Chop, Lamb Chop is very similar to Gilda. Sherry is very different. But Lamb Chop has that beloved, for people who know who Lamb Chop is, they like, I love Lamb Chop, just like I love Gilda. But it's interesting because Lamb Chop is Sherry. So that's kind of the interesting storyline is that she was a ventriloquist. And one of the only really on camera with a puppet that I know of, you know, a lot of ventriloquists have their big dummies and 
she's just amazingly talented. And it's a fun project to work on, as you can imagine, watching Lamb Chop and Charlie Horse and all the other puppets. Jerry. What? You could introduce me. Okay. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, presenting my favorite supporting act, Miss Lamb. What are you shaking? I am not your supporting act. <laughs> She kills me. What is so funny? What is so funny, honey? Is that I don't support you. You support me. These people don't want to see you. They want to see me. Oh, I'm the star. Da-da! Well, then what am I doing here? Oh, how often I've asked myself that. <laughs> Does it remind you of growing up in Greenwich Village doing puppet shows on the stairwell when you were young? Oh, God, you read that somewhere? It was like... Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, I, well, I actually did marionettes was my thing, but but truth is out. But I do love puppets. I mean, yeah. who doesn't like you know Elmo? And there's something I think you remember things in your childhood. Whether you have good or bad childhood, you still remember those iconic characters on television that made you happy. The only reason I bring it up is that I think for a lot of us as artists, we see things from a point of innocence. And there's something very basic and raw and primal about our connection to our work. And I just thought that might be something that's always resonated within you. Because I have things like that in my life that go way back to when I was a kid. Well, I think it's my love of performers. You know, as I used to be an actress, and I know a million actors, a small percent of people make it. There's so many amazingly talented geniuses. And so I'm always curious of how they got there. And then when I look at them, I look at their lives, I look at their childhood, I look at their career, and you see it all kind of culminates to who they are, whether you're Gilda Radner or you're Albert Pune or you're Sherry Lewis. It's sort of this whole history behind who you are that makes your art so different and amazing. Well, I think it's very safe to say, having seen your work many times over, that you are considered one of our geniuses up here in northern Mm -hmm. Manhattan. Uh, Your work is very inspirational. You're a wonderful artist. You keep on going. You have a great vision. And by the way, if you don't know her, she's just a wonderful person. And I think it it all starts right there. And your work is very inspirational. So before we wrap things up here, is there anything else in the works for you beyond Sherry and Albert, perhaps long-term, that you'd want to share? Well, Gilda's screenplay, doing something with that. And since I'm documentaries, this is totally out of my element for me. I started a short film based on one of her short stories, but I don't think it's very good. Maybe it's to learn how to develop her projects. I think the script deserves an A-list director with an A-list actor, A-list comedy director with an A-list team. Like that really deserves to have something more than who I am right now. But I think for the short stories, it would be wonderful if I can bring one of her short stories to be a short film. So that would be really my inspiration. Oh, that would be wonderful. Well, Lisa, it's been such a pleasure talking with you this afternoon. Thank you so much for taking the time. Thank you. It was great. And again, what you're doing up in Inwood, what you've been doing for the past few years is pretty amazing. Thank you. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. That's the kind of stuff that keeps me going. Is there anywhere we could send people about your projects current and maybe upcoming? Well, maybe that's something I have to do is probably my website. (laughs) I don't have, you know, I'm on, I still use my Love Gilda Facebook page for people to contact me if they want to. Great, which is lovegilda.com. Uh, no, right? no. That oh, the Facebook you, page. Sorry, yeah, because that brings you to the Magnolia That's, site. Oh, but if you want right. to see Love Gilda, you go to lovegilda.com 
and you could see all the places that you could see the film. But if you want to connect with me, it would be through Facebook. Well, listeners, you can find those links up on our Inwood Artworks On Air webpage. Thank you again, Lisa, for joining me on this Artist Spotlight edition of Inwood Artworks On Air, where we meet the musicians, filmmakers, writers, theater makers, and artists of all stripes who make their home here in Upper Manhattan. If you have a moment, listener, please show some love for us right now by rating and reviewing this podcast on Apple Podcasts. It really does help. I want to express deep thanks to 809 Restaurant and Lounge here in Inwood for hosting us and to HeightSites.com for local uptown promotional support. Be sure to follow us on social media at Inwood Artworks to keep up with all that we do, which includes the Inwood Film Festival, Filmworks Alfresco, pop-up art galleries, live performances, and so much more. And you can support On Air and all our programming by making a tax-free donation at inwoodartworks.nyc slash donate. Inwood Artworks On Air is made possible with funding from NYC and Company Foundation with the support from Manhattan Borough President Gail A. Brewer and the NISCA Electronic Media and Film Grant Program in partnership with Wave Farm Media Arts Assistance Fund and the support of Governor Andrew Cuomo and the New York State Legislature. Thank you again for tuning in. This is Aaron Sims for Inwood Artworks On Air.